This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's in Normandy. Like he's, I it, thought you it, came it, back it, to America, George. No, tell me. I think I'm here for the duration. If, uh, if people can die on the beaches of Normandy for our freedom, then why can't I? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fucking right, George. <laughs> Fucking right. Fuck these Nazis. Tommy, the reason why I'm here is this this is the first D-Day celebration where we ever had the U.S. Congress fund neo-Nazis. That's right. This is the this the first the first seventy five. If you think about the first seventy seven, yeah, we had never funded a neo-Nazi regime. We never funded a neo-Nazi, a son of a Nazi contractor, Klaus Schwab. This is the first where we sent not one but three. 17 billion, 33 billion, and now 40 billion. That's a lot of cash to to the Nazis. Ike Eisenhower would roll over in his grave if he knew that that was happening. It's uh right, yeah. This is this is this the 78th? What was it? June 6, 1944. Yes, June 6, 1944. You got it. yeah, yeah. No, he's rolling in his grave that we are now funding these guys. And well, no, they were they were being funded while he was fighting them. Well, that I mean, too. I mean, rem- that, that remember, too. I mean, remember, Wall Street helped the Dulles, Third Reich. Dulles, Dulles, <laughs> Alan Dulles of the OSS was meeting with Reinhard Gellin and, in Switzerland in 1944. And Prescott like, Bush and IBM was, uh, you know, they were doing what were those punch cards machines that they uh, perfected at, uh, what was it? Was it Auschwitz? Yeah, one, one of them, yeah. Where they perfected the uh, tracking machines. Yep. <laughs> so I love the I love the class box. Class box. Thank you. I, I couldn't yeah. think of a name. Did I mess this up? I had a another podcast today at two p.m. I thought I had George at two p.m. and I thought I had this doctor at four p.m. So I was like, I was like at the gym and I was like, I'm going to be late. So I'm texting George. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to be like ten minutes late. I'm going to be thirty minutes late. And then I finally got here. I'm like, Where's George? And I'm like, Just sitting here. I'm like, George isn't responding. And then I like. I look at the notification on my computer and just like a chill went down my spine. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And so, of course, I checked my email and the other guest is like, where are you? And I was like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm I thought I was talking to a guy about monkeypox. And she was like, what? And I was like, Don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that happened. Could very easily been an operative that slipped in, Tommy, to throw you off, make sure you didn't get to link up with Peter Duke and myself. No, you have to allow possibility. No, no, this was entirely self-inflicted. This was there's no no sympathy should be allotted to me. No quarter given. I'm an idiot. Anyway, 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 and enough of the whatever the banter. Um, um, George, George, I wanted to bring something up because uh, you know I got married on Thursday, and Thursday was the second, and so I kind of like missed current events for like a couple of days. People might have noticed that the graphic didn't change on the top of the Duke report for a couple of days because I was I was getting married. 
Um, but uh, when oh, I was catching hair? up today, I noticed that the WA that that there was. I, I was wondering if you were taking a victory lap because it seems like the WHO Congress or the World Health Assembly voted down uh, the amendments to the treaty, and uh, uh, apparently uh, we were all saved by. Uh, I'm trying to remember which by Botswana. Botswana saved us. They they organized all of Africa, India, and China and got them to say no to the amendments to the uh, World Health Assembly uh, 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 Treaty. I feel sometimes like the Rothschilds like let the kids play with the marbles and make them think that they're running the show. You know, like sometimes there's those little uh, toy planes or or toy fire engines outside of a, of a grocery store that you can put a quarter in the kids you know they turn the knobs and pull the lever up and they go oh i go up and i go down i'm, I'm running the show here but it's just a raw child illusion I, I actually went to the breakout session on thursday night they had an outdoor dinner uh, the West African ladies had an outdoor dinner. They have all these breakout sessions. It's very uh, compartmentalized. Uh, and I actually was with the West African ladies crashing their party. I didn't get their food, but uh, they were, um, it was interesting. It was mostly in French, but I did have a chance to talk to a couple of the delegates and they were saying, we do feel a little bit uncomfortable with this kind of dictatorial powers, emergency powers act that they're trying to put in. And I was like, whoa, here's somebody from Africa is pushing back on the WHO. Wow, that's really incredible. And then, yes, the next day on, on Friday, they announced that uh, they're not going to give. Now, see, I think this is the fake. Because what they did was they, they put Tedros in for another five years on Tuesday. On Thursday or Wednesday, they exercised emergency powers, health emergency powers for Ukraine. And then Friday they did this knockdown of not universal powers. Then they immediately all came to Washington, D.C. and Bilderberg. And I thought, you know, they're expanding this to not just being a health emergency, any, any kind of emergency, a disinformation emergency can be a reason for bringing in operatives. And he could be right now using his newfound powers to say, Peter Duke, Tommy Kerrigan, George Webb, info operators we need to need to crack down on them which is another reason why people need to bookmark and make their home page to use old 90s parlance the duke report because if they want to actually find out what's going on with george webb and tommy kerrigan if they, if they want to have one page that they can go to it's all there um as opposed to depending upon the twitters and the facebooks to feed you uh, that information that they are, you know, putting through their filter. I've also noticed lately. I've been. I, we need to get. We need to circle back with Keith Adler and find out what's going on with fifty kft with fifty thousand feet. His search engine, because a lot of times right now it's the only way I can find anything. Um, it is uh, is Keith's search engine like. Google is, uh, uh, Melissa and Aaron Dykes did a great video called The Internet is Shrinking, where they were talking about how if you go and you Google something, it turns out that in most cases, you're really kind of getting about 150 results. 
Um, and, and they claim at the bottom of the page that they've gotten 60 million results or something like that. But they went and they started clicking on everything and started counting and finding out that the, a lot of these search results are, are cul-de-sacs. Yeah. And so you can't even really find something with a search engine right now. So it's really important that people understand that feed aggregators, you know, things that are just pulling information in, in an unfiltered way are, are, are going to be kind of the only way that you're going to be able to find stuff. Yeah, absolutely, Peter. And uh, by the way, I want to say congratulations on your marriage. Yeah. I, I didn't realize it was you being married. <laughs> uh, and I assume it's producer Carrie. It is producer Carrie. And I think my first like three dates with producer Gary were dinner with George. <laughs> and you know, if she stomached me for three days, <laughs> that, that this w woman had an intestinal fortitude <laughs> that prepared her for whatever would happen in the future. I, I, that's a good way to test it. Just like take your, you know, group trick friend that you wouldn't ever take or introduce to anyone and bring them on the first three dates. And then if it's love, it's love. So that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it was terrific. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. And, and, and thank you for being so entertaining on our first three dates. Yeah, well, I remember them well. Um, my, uh, well, Peter, I, I'm not going to get you a gift since I'm in Europe and I was, I found out about it after the fact. No gifts. But I just wanted to let you know I thought about you uh, for a brief moment, for <laughs> like seconds. <laughs> well, thank you. I felt it, George. I felt it. I could feel it. You felt the love? Yeah. Can you yeah, I felt feel the love. love tonight? Yeah. Can you feel that? <laughs> Is uh, what does producer Kerry think about the the fires at food processing plants? That's the real question. That that who plants the fires at the food processing plants? Um, well, it's interesting because I had a long talk with Sundance about that last night, uh, and he is still convinced that this is just the fact that all of these food processing plants have been that normally run ten hours a day are running twenty four hours a day because of the lockdown. And I, you know, I can't I can't shake him. From I can't shake him from that, and he gave me a, a great example of a. Now this is something. Here's a, here's a. I got this from Sundance last night when I was talking to him on the phone. This is the guy who runs the conservative treehouse. He said that he was talking to a guy who owns a major turbine uh, repair company. That is the company uh, uh, does the repair and servicing of of major hydroelectric turbines. And I said, you mean like the kind that Klaus Schwab's father used to make for Adolf Hitler? Escher Weiss, Escher Weiss. Yeah, and he, said, and he said, yes, but this is an American guy, it's an American company, and what they do is they fix turbines. He said that they've been deferring maintenance during, during COVID, that they, and, and, and that this guy has been reporting to all of these hydroelectric companies and all of these electric, I think that he also, may, I think he also um, works on like GE steam turbines, uh, which a lot of uh, 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 municipal electricity is generated by these natural gas turbines that are made by General Electric um, and that they're deferring maintenance on everything. Everybody's deferring maintenance right now. And he said he's got like 60,000 repair jobs or he's he's backlogged like he's these people are paying the money for their maintenance contracts but the the maintenance guys are not going out and they're fixing the turbines so he said that it's only going to be a matter of time before they start having power failures based on the fact that the maintenance is being deferred on the turbines why, why is it peter deferred? why don't i feel comfortable 
when I know Klaus Schwab was building these power plants in the middle of like these Swiss mountains and then secreted the technology to, uh, to South Africa and has been building power plants for illegal regimes uh, for their backup power for their mil military for, for decades. What I feel like this could be a contrived power failure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But 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 Sundance was trying to equate that to the food processing thing. That's the reason that I brought it up. Uh, you know, well, he was going, well, he he was saying, well, if they're doing this with the electric power plants, what makes you think they're not doing it with the food processing plants? And I'm going, eh. I, and what I thought Tommy was actually referring to, besides besides those besides the uh, the food plant fires, is that in Southern California, so we're heading into the hot part of the summer, right? And in the hot part of the summer is when they've been having these fires. They've been having all of these quote unquote electrical fires in um, in Northern California. We I, I went to a wedding in uh, in uh, Agora this the last weekend. Not my wedding, somebody else's wedding. And uh, and the people that that had the house there were telling me that they've been regularly turning off the electricity whenever the wind starts to blow, because they say that uh, a power a down power line will cause. Uh, a fire, and I'm thinking this is a psyop. You know, this is this is they're trying to get people used to the fact that their electricity is going to start regularly going off, right? Because people need to. It gets back to Leo Strauss, right? You need to you need to believe that the government is pr producing some kind of value for you, because if you don't think that the government is producing value for you, then you stop. Then you start to wonder like why you're paying taxes, things like that. So you need to kind of like let people know every once in a while that they need you, right? Yeah. And uh, um, so I've been thinking about all of this, and I'm thinking. And there's also been a lot of news stories lately about um, about fire. Um, uh, there, there was a commission or something that was created in order to be able. I think it was in New York City, in Brooklyn, uh, that was designed to uh, assess what the uh, the fire liability is for every building in the United States um, and give it some kind of an index. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. And, you know, I live in an area that is kind of prone to fires. Malibu burns, you know, uh, the, the, the Santa Monica Mountains burn kind of regularly. And I'm just wondering what kind of, you know, manufactured uh, uh, fire events are going to wind up. Uh, being created this summer. Tommy's the fire expert. I'll let Tommy talk. I'm in no way a fire expert. Um, I'm just trying to. I, I might have to. I, I might. I should probably put up my high spec, oh, high octane speculation panel. There. Have we? So I mean, so it seems like everything that you know the Great Reset has predicted and is or you know kind of laid out and said what they're going to do has come to pass. We haven't seen Cyber Polygon yet, have we? Uh, that was supposed I don't know. to be their, Robert, like their big Robert thing. Edward Grant uh, posted a, a story on his Twitter a couple of days ago. Like I said, I was getting married, so I didn't have time to look at it. Uh, there was an article about 
So just to catch everybody up, Robert Edward Grant is a uh, he's the ex CEO of Allergan, who uh, uh, resigned and became a math uh, amateur mathematician about five years ago. He publishes all of his work on Instagram and claimed he pu- he published a paper, uh, and I have. Uh, I, and he posted it up on his website. I downloaded it quickly, and it's go, it's it's not there anymore. Uh, that that uh, public key encryption is basically fundamentally flawed. George and I have talked about it, this on this show. So there is a backdoor, according to Robert Grant. There is a backdoor uh, that he published. Uh, how to, he didn't publish a step by step thing how to do it, but he published a, a scientific paper, mathematical proof on how it's done. And so uh, public key encryption uh, is is flawed and that doesn't directly aff- affect crypto specifically. However, there are a lot of people who have online wallets and those websites that protect their wallets are protected with public key encryption. So the, the, the transfer mechanism for crypto um, is safe for now. Uh, but the wallets, if you keep your if you keep your crypto in an online wallet, then those things are probably not safe. Well, Tommy's the crypto expert, so I'm going to defer to Tommy. George, this is just this is just lazy podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. This is just horseshit. This no, is- I will say one thing. I will say one thing. Um, <laughs> I wonder how long I can get away with that. Yeah, um, yeah you got two. I'll let the first one no. slide. But the okay. second one was a smack in the face to my own intelligence. <laughs> I will say this. Um, the, uh, De- um, Whole, Foods, Whole Foods is talking about, with some grocery store, other grocery store, of doing palm prints yeah. and um, thumb prints, I think, for... Uh, Checkouts. I think it's face, facial, facial recognition, like your clear view, Peter, or palm prints only to go, you know, like this is supposed to be touchless and so tray chic and so tray green. But it's it's the way of ushering in uh, facial recognition and, and, and human only, what do you call that, uh, biometrics. Right. Now, and I- crypto only. To, to kind of go back to the, the power, is there is there an alternative hypothesis where it's not necessarily the great reset? Could it be, I mean, we know the government colludes with private corporations as we just saw with COVID. Do you think that there's any chance that this whole power grid, deferred maintenance, uh, suspension of oil drilling leases, do you think this is all in a shift to create a demand for power and that way you can uh, that way you can usher in nuclear power and then all the big companies like an Exxon or a Chevron or a whatever are all going to move in to start you know producing nuclear power is that the way to do it is it's a shift public opinion because for so many decades they've they've used the brainwashing to say nuclear is bad and maybe the elites are now looking at it and going oh shit we actually can't keep this this oil game going could it be you produced kind of like what you said about the government do you make oil look unfeasible and then you dangle the i mean as we've seen they can turn they can turn the entire population against elon musk pro ukraine anti whatever there no one has any independent thought they're all just waiting for the download being told what to think so 
it really wouldn't be that difficult for them to just do a complete 180. In six months, you could have the left riding in the streets demanding nuclear power. Like there is no, there is no logic anymore. There is no, there is no foundational belief system or or uh, immutable static values that are held. It's just we've seen that Elon went from like hero to he is the great Satan. Do you think that this could be? Is it necessarily the Great Reset, or is it just a let's prime them? They'll be begging for nuclear power, just as an alternative hypothesis. I I think you're definitely right on the nuclear power thing. I'll say this before my my battery dies, uh, kind of ironically. That that uh, Klaus Schwab, I mean, ever since his dad was doing nuclear power with small nuclear reactors, trying to get them smaller and smaller. Easier to hide, you know, because of the perfect backup power. They don't create a energy plume and so forth. Hard to see from space. All the things you need in a defensive, like military backup system. And Klaus Schwab has been hoarding the the, the uh, uranium. So the great reset is I own all the means of production. And I I think you're exactly right. If like I control the crypto, I control all the key codes, I control the the power. I control the food supply, and I'll just keep breaking your systems until you finally realize that my great reset systems are the way to go. Yeah. Peter? It's the mob. The you know? I, I, and so I, I, it's the Schwab. The Schwab mob. The Schwab mob. Hold on one second. That's really the story. I think this is really the story. But Peter, I'm sorry I'm in a lot of the... I, I was the only person here in this restaurant. And then they heard, oh, the Duke report. And then it, it, it happens, George. It happens. You know. Look at they came from everywhere. All the 25-year-olds in Paris, in Normandy streamed to this place. There's not anybody under over 25 here. They all came here. The Duke report? I could actually talk. And they were all like, can you get me? you know, a signature from Peter Duke. They didn't want to, who are you? I don't care who you are. Can you get me a subscription? Well, well, now that you're talking about signatures and and don't don't you have a new, new, that reminds me, don't you have a new book out? I do have a new book out. It's, I'm I'm publishing it serially, but Peter, I wanted to tell everybody, the Duke Report doesn't cost you any money. You don't have to give away your firstborn. You don't have to mortgage your house. You don't have to send money. Right now, the Duke Report is free. Is that true? The, the, the Duke Report is free. If you'd like to send me money, if you appreciate the fact that I'm I'm providing a service that, that makes your life better, uh, you could buy me a coffee. And many people buy me coffee, and I appreciate that. Uh, many more people have been buying t- uh, T-shirts lately, which is pretty good. I have a I have a couple of T-shirt designs uh, that are that are in limbo right now. I should probably I can I can I can uh, pull pull them up and show them. Tommy will appreciate this. Uh, I uh, let me see. Will this one get me banned off of YouTube? That's that's. You should that's... have one that says I'm married, but I still love the Duke Report. <laughs> um. I'm, I'm, my my computer is is running a little slow. No, I I did a I did a gay pride, uh, 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 I did a t- t- design that uh, has a gay flag on it, and it says unregistered pride. Uh, <laughs> voting is fake and gay. Um, so uh, I'm 
it's still in limbo at Spreadshirt. I'm not sure whether or not they're going to uh, to to uh, uh, allow that. Now, it's funny because uh, it, it's funny it's because I'm trying to figure out what logic they would use if I think if 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 being gay is good and voting is good, and I think voting is is gay, then I don't understand why they would have any kind of a problem with it. But we'll find out. I did an episode yesterday about Patriot Front, and I said we, we did it during Pride Month because it's the gayest group of them all. And uh, very quickly, I had someone comment almost immediately that Patriot Front is not a bunch of feds, and it sounded like a fed comment. But to kind of take it in 180 degrees, George, can you update us on a Congo or Crimean Congo, Congo Crimean hemorrhagic fever or the nosebleed illness that you're kind of seeing little bits in the news, but it feels like early COVID where it seems like it's very far away and not real. Okay, there you go. Well, I can't do it while that fat graphic is there. <laughs> <laughs> but I will answer Peter Duke's question first. I am writing a new book. The first edition is out this morning. Peter Duke's algorithm successfully shunted me away, or producer carries algorithm shunted me away from the top of the Duke report. But the title is Blood, Sand, and Betrayal. It tells the story of young men coming across the ocean as 18-year-olds, braving the machine guns here at Normandy Beach, dying face first in the sand, bleeding into the sand, only to have their memory disgraced 78 years later by the U.S. Congress sending money to the same neo-Nazis that those young men gave their lives to fight. So that's the name of that, Blood, Sand, and Betrayal. But to answer your question, Tommy, which is a wholly different question. <laughs> which <laughs> Complete 180. It's like turning off the lights. It's like, as we move from the nude t-shirts, could you tell me about the lab-made hemorrhagic genocide fever? <laughs> Quite an entrance. You said it yourself, Tommy. You opened the door. I did. Nose Yes, you did. Nosebleed fever. Nosebleed fever, the Congo Crimea hemorrhagic fever that we all talked about. We all predicted it. And now guess what? Oopsie oopsie oopsie. CCHF is hitting noses near you. People are bleeding uh, profusely about the nose. Now, why all the why all the why all the hemorrhagic fevers? We'll have to get into that after I my after my phone dies on our next uh, episode. But Tommy, I would love to do an episode with you, or Peter, I would love to do another episode with you. We can get into this, George. Anytime okay. your battery is working, we're, I'm. There. I am so sorry. I'm. I was all day at Normandy and uh, filming all these people, and I just filmed so much footage today, and I, I I'm dead. So. Let me do this as a placeholder. God strike me dead. God strike me dead I'll if I don't dead. come back next week with you, Tommy, if not sooner, on the Duke Report Tuesday night or the Duke Report Thursday night at 5 and answer your question. Blink. God strike me dead if I don't do that. I'll see you guys. Blink. If you will uh, bid me leave or give me leave. I don't think I don't think we have a choice, Tommy. What he's saying is that we have to let him go because his bat, camera's about to die. You're right. Blink twice been, if Klaus has a gun to your head. Well, this is bullshit. <laughs> You've been acting different all Tommy episode, no George. More. You're not real, are you? George is dead. 
This is a deep fake, isn't it? Where's George, Klaus? Where's George? Sorry. <laughs> He's dead. This is all fake. All right, guys. All right. Uh, I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of one. The comedy stylings of one Tommy Kerrigan. Thank you, guys. Bye from Normandy. Betrayal starts with blood, stand, and ends in betrayal. The U.S. Congress betraying all the dead on the beaches at Normandy. Guys, take care. I'll see you soon. Lino. Betrayal. Broken batteries. George Webb. Excuses he, on for, excuses. he lost. He lost his cable. I would think if I was I George, want, I'd have like ten cables. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to hear shit. There's a there was a bead on him. Someone had a sniper <laughs> rifle pointed. Was there was there a red? Was there a red infrared? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. there. It was fucking there. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's kind of on a on like a one eighty from all the doom and gloom. I've really been trying to meditate even more recently. I know I, I allot myself 20 minutes a day and starting like a week ago, I bumped it up to 30 minutes for the first time in like 10 years. And I've, because meditation for me at least is like exponential, like you can't just like you can't, for me, I can't meditate four times a day for five minutes. It's not the same as one time a day for 20 minutes. It's there's some t- Alan Watts, the kind of philosopher guy died in 72, I think said it's a lot like muddy water. You can't calm it by trying to push the mud down. You just have to mm-hmm. not touch it and let all the silt go to the bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, after 15 or 14 years of meditation, I truly have found there is no method. It's just, it takes about 15. That's what I found is it takes about 15 minutes, whether you're doing a mantra or focusing on your breath or looking at a candle or thinking about something. You just, it takes about 15 minutes for like this silt to kind of just die down and you start noticing the gaps in thought and they come more and more frequently and then you'll get lost in thought and got to do this and I get, and then it starts to go down more. It goes down more and really only get like three or four minutes, but you get very close to just like silence. And the only thing that you you know is is that you are. And when I do that, there's almost this sort of like, maybe it's me sticking my head in the sand, like the brain going in a shock when a shark bites your leg off. But there's part of me that just goes like, like where, where is, where is... Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is the World Economic Forum. Where is all the doom and gloom you see? Like... That doesn't mean stick your head in the sand and don't be part of the world, but it's also something just says, like, look around you. And it's like I'm sitting on a bed. The air conditioning is working. My door locks. My refrigerator's full of food. I'm breathing. I'm not in pain. I don't have broken bones or sunburns or illnesses. And I'm just sitting there. Right, right now you can hear, I think, through your, your microphone, that bird chirping. But it's just... 
you hear that and like the sun just kind of coming through the window and it's almost like where where's all the where is all this doom and gloom it doesn't mean it's not real it doesn't mean be apathetic but there is something where it's it's like that bill hicks bit because you turn on the news war famine recession depression genocide rape famine war uh famine recession depression genocide he goes, and then you turn you, you turn it off and you look outside and you just hear like you just hear like a frog. The stars are kind of twinkling, you're like and he goes, Where is all this shit happening? And that's not to I'm sure there are a lot of people in this world that would say, Come to my life. My life is hell. I get it. But that's kind of something I've been trying to do more and more. Is I find myself succumbing or I've been more aware of like the doom scrolling. But you just mm-hmm. find yourself on Reddit or Twitter. You're like, man, we are so fucked. We're just... And part of me would be like... There's never a moment where you start to realize you're doom scrolling. All of a sudden, you just realize. You're like, shit's so fucked, man. You start getting nostalgic. You're like, I wish I was just a kid again. I just wish everything was... Up. Versus you really go in and meditate. And there's something about the universe that just kind of opens up to you. And it's like... You just hear the bird chirping. You're like... What's really going on, man? Like, what's really going on? Yeah. Well, I, I, it, to me, it's all about framing. Like, I, I started doing meditation when a, I was in college. What is a bard? And Someone just said Tommy is a bard. Is a bard. Yes. I, well, Tommy was, was doing a hypnotic induction. I don't know if Tommy re- consciously was doing a hypnotic induction. Well, yeah, you've but, told me I've done this before, and I don't know what I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. You started meditating. No, that's, a, that's okay. There's a book. If you want to read a book, I'll read uh, My Voice Will Go With You by Milton. Uh, on It's a book uh, uh, about Milton Erickson, who is kind of like the foremost American hypnotist. Um, and uh, you speak in very visual language in a way that takes people out of themselves and puts them into an alpha state. And what you don't, what you don't do, uh, you would be a hypnotist if you did do it, is that you, once you've put somebody into an alpha state, then you uh, make a suggestion. Ah. So, so usually, so basically what, and, and the thing is, what, and I was thinking about this while I was listening to you, is that, um, we use words in order to frame our existence. Uh-huh. Um, and we can reframe our existence with words, yeah. which is what hypnosis is, or persuasion, or, or rhetoric, whatever you want to call it. I mean, one of the things that I think is very interesting is that the, the trivium, which was kind of the, uh, uh, the baseline for being an educated person, you know, 150 years ago, pre-Prussian education system uh, involved teaching people rhetoric. And rhetoric is the, is the art of using words in order to convince people of things. Well, that's what hypnosis is. <laughs> um, it's a, hypnosis is a little bit more deliberate and scientific. Uh, it, it involves paying attention to whether where, where people's state of mind is before you make a suggestion. But really good writing you know, really good uh, ad copy, really good motion picture writing, all involves kind of some kind of a hypnotic approach to things. And so, um, uh, uh, so the, the the doom scrolling thing, though, is that, you, you know, when you watch a movie, I'm going to go see Top Gun tonight. I don't really want to give the Pentagon my money, but <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I've got a friend who's a hardcore, you know, filmmaker, and we got to go see Top Gun. Yeah. So we're going to go see Top Gun tonight. But uh, uh, there is this, this there's this thing called suspension of disbelief, right? Where when you're sitting in the in the in the theater and you're completely surrounded by this thing that you're watching, then you uh, the uh, emotions can be delivered. Uh, you can your your uh, uh, your heart rate can go up. Mm-hmm. Your you can laugh. You can cry. And you know, really, if a, a space alien came down and saw you, you're sitting in a chair looking at a big screen. You know, and you're and it's totally changing the way that you're perceiving and 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 uh, and taking the world in. So it's at the end of the day, digital movie theaters are pixels, right? So pixels are flying across the screen and changing the chemistry in your brain. The same thing goes on when you're when you're doom scrolling. So when you're meditating, you're turning that off. You know, you're you're trying to the best of your ability to turn off all of your inputs and kind of like reset. You know, it's almost like a restarting your computer, right? Isn't it fascinating that the default is bliss? What I found is that it's not that you turn off the, the doom scrolling and the, the self hate and the uh, um, what word am I looking for? I can concu- I had a concussion two weeks ago. It's still fucking with me. Self deprecation. Yeah. It's not that you necessarily have to turn that off and then start to go like you're a good person. You're you know you're not a bad person. You are worthy of you know. Be I find that I don't even have to do that second part. I find if I just turn off the negative, it's not that the default is like a blank. It's not like the it's not like the default is a blank canvas, and you have to get rid of all the negative drawings and then put on like lovely drawings. I found that if you just stop doing the negative, the default itself, like if you stop mowing the lawn and you stop like weeding the garden, you just let it go. Yeah, it's, it looks wild, but, like, the default is, like, vines and flowers and butterflies. And, like, you don't have to do – like, what you have to do is you have to actively work to mow the lawn. You have to actively work to till it up versus when you just, like, look at it and it just goes wild. And it's not like a – you know, it's not like a, a mansion in the Hamptons or something where it's all – and there's something wrong with that. It's when you just go out and you look at something that is completely – like, no one designed the mountain. No one was like, we're going to do the mountain here. We're going to put a creek here. So when the sun comes down just right, there was no designer. It just just is. I found that that's kind of the coolest thing about meditation is if you just turn off the negative, the baseline itself is joy and bliss and self-love. And then you can take it further. And then you can go, things are going to work out. Like I have friends I love my friends and they love me. I can be a good person. Good can exist in the world. We can overcome evil. And then you can just really jack it up to the next level. But even if you don't want to do that, just turning off the negative. It's never not happened. In 14 years of meditation, if I can successfully quiet my mind, the baseline is just, I'll just start smiling. I'll just be like, I'm... I'd be like, I exist. Be like, I am. There's no like, well, then the Great Reset's happening. We're not going to know what to do about peak oil. I mean, the, you're just like, you're like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I die in some drone robot army by a fascist dictatorship. But you're like, until then, you're like, oh, I can breathe. This pillow is soft. And it's just this baseline just 
Alan Watts said, if you're meditating and you get to that moment and you open your eyes and you look up at the stars, you realize what they are are fireworks in celebration of existence. There's just the universe is like, fuck yeah, we exist. Like, yeah. And you're just like, this whole doom and gloom and negative, that, that, that's a temporary deviation. The baseline is just unfiltered bliss. And maybe I'm the only person that feels that and I belong in an institution. That that could also be an outcome. <laughs> no, I, I, no I, I, I don't think so. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've, I, you know, I've been thinking about uh, similar kind of like doom and gloom thoughts lately. And, and, and I do try to kind of really practice having the most optimistic yeah. uh, uh, point of view possible. Uh, I, I, I think that I started to really kind of get a grip on it. I was driving my daughter to school like 10 years ago. And uh, uh Maybe not 10 years ago, maybe seven years ago, when the MPC thing started to become a meme. Yeah. And uh, some guy cut me off, and I just flipped out behind the steering wheel. And my daughter said, looked at me, and she goes, Dad, why are you letting the MPCs upset you? <laughs> you know? And, and it was such a great... She was hypnotizing me, see? And, uh, and it was such a great frame, Right. Because, like, you're sitting in that box and you've got your hands on the wheel and you think that everything outside of those windows is real, like, and, and, it's, and it has something to do with you, right? Um, and that when that person does some kind of idiot thing in front of you, uh, that they're, they're dissing you or they're yeah. sliding you or they're doing something to you and they don't even know you exist. Yeah, say, yeah. You're cutting you somebody know? off, you go, oh, shit. Shit. You're like, sorry. Right. Like, that's what you do. You're not like, fuck that guy. His mom's a whore. You're just like, oh, <laughs> you, you, you go, oh, God, I was just that driver, wasn't I? You go, oh, no. So you kind of do the little, you go, sorry. You're like, shit. You have to realize right. so, that. I mean, so, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of this stuff is just, is, is really like, uh, I, it, it really made me, the, the lead story on the Duke Report really made me feel good. It made me feel good that the, the, the damn, Botswanans said, we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore and we're not going to do this. And I understand what George is saying when he says, uh, yeah, well, you know, that two steps forward, one step back, this is the way the globalists work. You know, we know that they didn't get what they wanted in 1919. We know that everything that we're dealing with now in 2022 is because they didn't get what they wanted in 1919 and they just keep coming. As Bill Whittle says, you got to get out every day and mow the lawn, right? To your, even if you're not in the Hamptons. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like I understand that that doesn't mean that they're going to stop, and that doesn't mean that you 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 can you can rest on your laurels or anything. But um, uh, that that it did make me happy when I saw that. It did make me. I thought something worked there. Like something kept the globalists from getting what they wanted this week. Yeah. Um, someone and that was okay. Someone posted on Reddit the other day. It was because every once in a while, if you go on like Arkansas, and like I have to, I don't keep Facebook, Instagram, or Reddit on my phone because I'll doom scroll. Uh, I, I keep Twitter on because I find I have actually have fun there. But like I don't, I can't keep the other ones because I'll doom scroll. And uh, but every once in a while, I get sucked into it. It's like a little drug, and. Uh, yeah, like let's see what's really going on in the evil in the evil corners of the world. But if you go on our conspiracy, which is a completely just like shield subreddit, but every once in a while you see this little like 
spark of light kick through instead of like we're fucked there's depopulation world every once in a while someone will be like hey guys never forget like we're all one consciousness there's nothing but love and like this evilness is just but a is just but a phase of humanity and you'll just see it maybe once a month and one of them will just poke through and you go look at it there'll be more comments on that thread than any other thread and everything's just like hell yeah brother like love from canada love from australia like hey guys maybe we don't get out of this alive but who does like you know much love from brazil and you just see this like and someone posted the other day, they're like, what is, you know, changes pace. What's something you do admire about the powers that be? And someone was like, gives us something to hate. And, but someone else was like, uh, I, I admire, like, they go, they're brilliant. They have people marching to their own ens- uh, enslavement. But someone else, and there was a great comment, they provide friction against which we may evolve quicker. And right. I thought it's like adding weights to the uh, bench press. They make you stand up for free speech. They make you not just think about the ideas of being a good person, but actually put it into practice. But even something like that, just to try to find some silver lining, just to find some. And often, you know, I, I, I know I get made fun of a lot for being an optimist, or to me, like, there's no point in just just saying it's all fucked. I mean, even if you're on the Titanic and it's going down in the middle of the sea. No, there, there, yeah, there isn't. Otherwise, why stick around? Why? Why not, why not put a bullet in your mouth? Like, I mean, I something. think that that's why we're here. So do I. Like, well, well, this brings me to my next point. Yeah. Is I was talking about this last week. Not only is it good to find an op- optimism in this and find the silver linings, that might be the whole purpose. You might die and Go to God if you believe in God. I happen to believe in God. Some people don't, whatever. Let's just say it's real. You go there and God goes, and you go, man, you know, I, I tried to be the best person I could, but the whole Great Reset thing and the drones and the bioweapons, you're like, that was crazy. And God might look at you and go like, yeah, what did you think? Of course, you. That, that's what the whole purpose of this thing was, to see how you fare against evil. There was never going to be a utopia. It was to see if you could be the best person when you were down by 50 points in the fourth quarter. I think that's why you never go to the gym and get out and go, oh, those weights were heavy. Next time we'll get the uh, we'll get the air lightweights full of air. You go, no, you go in there to throw iron around. Like, that's the point. I think that's why we're here, is to see if we can grow as souls. In the yeah, and of- I think that you also have to be kind of aware of the fact that I, I believe that God creates opportunities for you all the time. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of the miracle. That is the Christ miracle is the opportunities that get created. And you have to be, uh, and maybe being meditating or doing whatever it is that you do. I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, uh, uh, praying the rosaries is a form of meditation, Absolutely, you know, it absolutely novenas and all those other things. Those are all a form of meditation. But, uh, my favorite joke is like, there's, there's this guy and he, considers himself very religious and he's living down in Louisiana in the flood country. And, uh, there's a, there's a hurricane coming and, uh, uh, the, the police drive by and they say, uh, Hey, there's a hurricane coming. You're in a flood zone. You got to get out of here because it's going to flood. And the guy goes, no, no, I'm praying to God. God's going to take care of me. Everything's going to be okay. And the police go, okay. And they, 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 uh, they, they drive away. A little while later, the water is like up to the first floor of his house, you know, 
the police come back in a boat. Yeah. And they say, hey, man, like, you got to get out of here because, like, the, the water is rising and you're going to drown. And he goes, no, no, I'm praying to God. God's going to take care of me. And so uh, he doesn't get in the boat and he leaves. And pretty soon he's sitting on his roof and police come by with a helicopter and they say, man, man, you got to get out of here. Like, get in, get in the helicopter. He's going, no, no, no. The uh, God's going to take care of me. And and then uh, the, the water rises up and he drowns. So he goes up and he's sitting in the gates of St. Gates of St. Peter and, and, uh, and God goes and, and he says, uh, I thought, I thought you were going to save me. And God looks at him and he goes, I sent you a car. I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. Yeah, you know? I sent three. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you look at it and like, I mean, so many of these things are just like cheesy, like Instagram motivational posts, but one, like another one's like, they're not challenges or like curses. They're opportunities for you to go, okay, now let's find this strength. You never know if you could go, I can't do that. And he goes, well, not now, but let's start. And then you complete it. You go, I couldn't. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Believe I did that. I did it. And then a new challenge comes along. You go, I can't do that. And it's like, well, let's see. And then you get through it and you go, I never would have completed that if I, if I couldn't do that. I mean, you get through these things. It's, there's another quote. I think it's Ram Dass, and It's to constantly live in like a state of dishevelment to be perpetually thrown out of the nest is the purest way to live because that like that is the it is the it is the repetitive dissolution of it it ablates all the layers that you think that you can't live with that you know i i'll never i don't think i'll be happy if i don't become a doctor well then i got into medical school and i didn't go like okay that was different but i'll never be happy if you know if i'm not with this girl well then she breaks up with you a couple years later and we keep going on well i don't know if i could hit and then like you'll lose a brother to suicide and you're like dude i can't come now eight years later i'm like that has given me so much strength that to constantly expose yourself to annihilation it only leaves that which cannot be destroyed which is the self like you lose it all we're still here if you can keep your head when all about you are losing those and blaming it on you yeah. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting of being lied about, don't deal in lies, nor hate, nor give way to hating, nor talk too long or talk too wise. Great I don't know if I, yeah. I kind of messed up the last line yeah. there, I think. It's, it's, but it's beautiful. It's No, it's no, and Kipling, like, you know, he puts it all together there in that poem. Um, and, and I think about it a lot, you know. I think about it a lot, uh, you know, Carrie and I were driving someplace the other day and people kept cutting us. It was BMWs. It was always a BMW. It was always coming from the right. And it was somebody who was completely disconnected from reality, you know, uh, uh, get, get putting us in a situation where we could potentially die, you know? Um, And, uh, but we didn't die. We made it, you know, and it happened three times. Like, you know, and we pulled over and Carrie was upset, and I said, "Look, there was a car, there was a boat, there was a helicopter. Like we made it. You know, it's like yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, I think it, again, Ram Dass is just full of brilliant little sayings. He goes, he goes, uh, if you if you ever start to feel like you're enlightened, like you've got it figured out, you feel holy, you feel like there's light coming off you, and you're a a child of Christ, and you finally figured it out. Just go spend a weekend with your fa- with your family. <laughs> go spend like a, a holiday with like your brothers and sisters and parents. Within three days, you will see just how much of a Buddha you are not. <laughs> and it's just like it's a way of God just being like, "Yeah, you, you think you got it figured out?" And you're like, "All right." Like I'll meditate and I'll be like, even today, meditate. And I was like, oh, "Like my my favorite Ram Dass story is like he was with some yogi that was his master who was who was Neem, dying." Neem Crowley Baba. What? That was that was Ram Dass's yogi, Neem Crowley Baba. And he and he went to be with him when he was dying, and and they said, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And he said, give him give him a banana, and he'll be fine. What? Did you hear that story? No. No. So they gave him a banana, and and the yogi ate a, ate a bite of the banana, and then he closed his eyes, and he died. And the and the and the people around him said, I I thought you said he'd be he'd be fine, and Ram Dass said he is fine. There's another one. I think he, it's it's with Neem Crowley. Yeah, the same guy. Yeah. They're all around him. They're like, you know, they're like, you know, they're like, like, uh, like Baba, like, don't leave us. Like, we can't, don't leave us. Where will you go? Because he's dying. He right. looks at him. He goes, where would I go? Like, he goes, I'm just dropping the body. Right. He, he was just, you sell the, he goes, Ram Dass is like, yeah, you're in the car all day. You're driving it around. You, it feels like it's you. Right, you feel the acceleration. You feel it slow down. You turn on the air conditioner, or the heater. You roll down the windows. You know you've got your blinker. You're swaying left and right. You fill it up with gas. It's this. It becomes part of you because at the end of the day, when you finally put it in park and turn the ignition off, you don't get out of it and, and mourn that you're dead because you're just dropping the car. You get out and walk around. There's a whole new universe. You got legs. You got sidewalks. You got stairs. But if you're only in the car and you never know anything but the car and you forget everything prior to the car, you're going to start to think you're the car. People are cutting you off. You, you messed up my car. You're messing up me. I've got all my stuff in the trunk. I've got my engine in the front. I've got my windshield wipers. I am the car. Until finally you get out of the car and you're like, what are these feet? And there's a whole new – you can go into stores and there's doors and you can pick up chips and stuff. And it's, it's a whole universe – unfathomable to the car but the car thought it was the car because it forgot everything it forgot getting in the car and the next time you get in that's being born you forget getting into the human yeah i mean yeah i i get what you're saying i kind of think you know about the same idea in the inverse way meaning i read this great book uh, called on intelligence by jeff hawkins about i don't know 15 years ago and Jeff Hawkins is a guy who invented the Palm Pilot, and he worked at Intel for a while, and he always wanted to create an engineering model of brains, uh-huh. right? And so when he sold Palm to whoever he sold, Microsoft or whoever bought it, uh, and he had his half a billion dollars, he started a neuroscience institute called Numenta in, uh, in Silicon Valley. And uh, he writes this book about, and he's an engineer, right? And he's writing about the engineering of the brain. And he's talking about how there is no possible way that your brain can actually manage as many things as it manages the way that 
that we envision it. And uh, he talks about, uh, you know, like the electromechanical response of like putting your hand on a burner, right? And then pulling your hand off the burner. He said it's not possible that the electrical signal could get from your finger up to your brain and that with the amount of RAM and CPU that you've got, it could make the decision to pull your hand away that quickly. He said, it's not, it's not possible. And so his hypothesis, which I, I understand his hypothesis, I don't necessarily agree with it, is that there must be some kind of intelligence in your entire yeah. nervous system, right? That it's not just your brain, that your, nervous, your intelligence is in your nervous system. I look at it in a completely different way. I look at this thing as an antenna. Oh, absolutely. I, okay. And, the, uh, and it, this, is, this, is the, this thing only needs to be as fast as your Ethernet router. You know what I mean? Because there's a giant computer that I can't see right now that's connected to this thing. Okay. That makes me think that when I get into the car that I'm separate from the car. That when somebody cuts me off, that it makes me think that I'm separate from that thing that's cutting me off. But we're actually all but just part of the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can call it God or collective consciousness or whatever it is that you want to call it. But I, I, I don't, I, I think that Jeff Hawkins is right. I think that there is not electromagnetic way that this thing could be calculating pulling your hand off the burner that fast. And this thing is an antenna. Yeah. Yeah. I got a concussion two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Drunk as shit. How'd you get a concussion? I was drinking with some friends, and uh, I was at a house I hadn't been to before. And then we got there at night, so I'd never seen any of the. I don't know anything about it. And we're walking around outside at like two in the morning, smoking a cigarette. And I fell in a window well, in like the garden. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a window well is? I didn't know what they were. I don't know what a window well is. So it's so your basement can get so your basement rooms can get sunlight. So it's like ah, it's 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 actually beautiful. I slept in the basement that night. I slept in bed. It was, it's absolutely beautiful. It's like well, because uh, why? Because you were unconscious. Well, no, no, no. I, no, I went down there, but like, but it's like it's like the same width as the window. It maybe goes out like a foot from the house, and it goes down like six feet. And then you put like a right. little screen over it, so because it's kind of hidden by the garden, so like dirt doesn't fall into it. But you go stay in the basement, and it's like you just. You get beautiful sunlight in the basement. It's 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 actually I've never never seen it before. It was an old house, and uh, but the screen door is meant to hold back like I don't know half a pound of dirt, and not me. And I was right. just walking along. And next thing I know, I'm like, the plants are at like eye level. Mm-hmm. And my arms are scraped. I'm like, what the fuck happened? And I had fallen in. I'd stepped right on it, cracked my head on a, on the brick around it. <clears throat> it. Was fine for like two days, and then like like seventy two hours later. Woke up with concussions, symptoms, had to go to the ER, get a CT scan. Everything's good. Just had to kind of been nursing myself back to life. But that was like my first and hopefully last ever experience with like jarring my brain. And the doctor explained they're like, it's a bruise on your brain and it's they're like, it's it's shearing. There's some like a, like a lot of neurons were, I mean, in relation to the hundred billion, it's nothing. Right. But you, a lot of them were cut and, uh, you know, like I had to like wear sunglasses and such. Yesterday was the first day I did a podcast without the sunglasses in a while. But, like, um, haven't been playing video games until about two days ago. Um, All the lights off in my apartment, ice on my head, taking fish oil, taking creatine. It's good for it, apparently. No impact working out. I have to, like, walk on the treadmill, do lightweights, no drinking. Um, Doing a lot of meditation has helped. But 
I have felt firsthand over the last three weeks. The first couple of days was like scary. I couldn't like recall basic, not like my memory was gone, but like if you had said, Tommy, who were we talking to earlier in this episode? I'd be like, it was, um, you know who it is. It, it, it's, uh, 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 and I would just sit there and I'd be like, how can I not remember? It's not even like an odd term that you, it's on the tip of your tongue. Finally, oh, George Webb. Like it would just, you go, oh, even right now you might say like, who am I talking to? I'd be like, uh, 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 just Peter. I was just forgetting basic things that terrified me because I kind of pride myself on being able to like pull up information in my brain like that. And I say all of this to say the whole concussion story is it was like, oh, you really fucked up the antenna. And for the last like two weeks, I've been, I've been like taping the antenna back together. I've been doing fine certain, you know, getting the wires back, treating it very carefully, you know, putting the casing on it, getting it stronger. And now the antenna feels like it's back, but I've never once thought like, Oh, that was me that messed up. I was like, Oh shit, I messed up my antenna and I'm being very careful about it now. I'm, I just, I'm, I miss beer, but I haven't had beer, and I'm probably going to take like another week off because I don't want to fuck with it. But well, I'm, I'll tell you, I, I, I'm not normally this guy, but I, I was talking to Mike Cernovich about. Uh, I was at a, a cigar thing with him about a month ago, and uh, we were talking about mushrooms because one of the things I've been thinking about, I've been th- thinking about big pharma and the fact that, I mean, I don't know if anybody ever heard the story about like how penicillin was invented. But but it's bread mold. Yeah. Right? And so somebody figured out how to take bread. Somebody in a lab, they let their, I don't know, they were eating toast and they didn't clean it up and it got moldy over the weekend and they took the mold and they put it in a Petri dish and it killed whatever it is that they were testing and they discovered it. And I was thinking, penicillin is bread mold. How much money have pharmaceutical companies made off of bread mold? Like, a lot of money, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, Carrie was asking me about acetone today because it, it, she messed up her fingernails and what acetone's made out of. You know what acetone's made out of? Sugar. Yeah. Starch. I didn't know that. So I started investigating all of this stuff. I started looking at all this stuff. Uh, and Cernovich said that he takes lion's mane. Lion's mane mushroom, yeah. And I didn't know what that was. So now there's this guys in my neighborhood... I'm going to start pimping this. Like I, I was talking to them I, at I the farm. Yeah. I was talking to them at the farmers market today about, uh, about, yeah, about yeah. pimping this stuff because I put this stuff in my coffee every morning. This is, uh, yeah. this is tincture. Yeah, and and uh, I have the wildest dreams. Well, I had the most vivid dream last night. I don't. I think I've ever had in my life. Yeah, you know, and I think that my cognition is up i think that my memory is up you know so i can uh, there are there are things that i've been taking since like probably around the time i started meditating like high school through now take fish oil lion's mane mushroom phosphatidylcholine phosphatidylserine then posetine ginkgo biloba acetyl l-carnitine alpha lipoic acid and alpha GPC, glycerophosphoro. It's just some like your basic brain building blocks. It's not like a caffeine where you take it and you feel it. It's something that 
Yeah. You're never going to feel it kick in because you have to take it for years. And then you're not going to realize it's kicked in because it's just your baseline. And if you stop taking it, you're not going to feel dumb because it takes like, but it's the building blocks of everything. I truly believe that's why I'm like able to talk to as many people as I have and pull things out of like, pull things out of nowhere is because I've been taking care of my brain and like, but it doesn't advertise because you can't make billions of dollars off of it. It's all dirt cheap. Right, exactly. And you could get, I mean, yeah, as somebody said, is it expensive? Like, if you buy it like this, because they did all this work to put it into sure. alcohol, it's yeah. expensive. But you can grow the mushrooms yourself. These, the same guys who sell this, again, I'm going to, I'm trying to talk to them about like being a, being a sponsor or something. Uh, the, you, they'll sell you a kit for 40 bucks and you can grow your own. Yeah. You can grow all you want. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah. you know, it, it, it uh, uh, and, and I and I've been thinking about a lot about this because uh, you know it's like you've got uh, uh, crazy guys like um, what's his name uh, Terrence McKenna right and he's all talking about like all of the like hallucinogenic you know Terrence McKenna Ram Dass and Tim Leary they were all like you know compatriots at one point I think I think Ram Dass and Tim Leary were were they roommates Ram at Harvard and Timothy Leary, they taught together at Harvard and the uh in the developmental psychology. Ramdas yeah. talks about how he, he goes just down. He goes, I was surrounded by all these famous psychologists, Eric Erickson, like Dave Larson, uh, like Eric Reisman. He goes, and then down the hall in a tiny closet, like room was an Irish man who became my drinking buddy. And his name was Timothy Leary. <laughs> and the CIA was paying for his, yeah, his CIA, closet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it was closer with that part, but like, but yeah, it's. I was. I pulled up the list of uh, acetyl L-carnitine, alpha GPC, alpha lipoic acid, ginkgo biloba, lion's mane mushroom, L-glutathione, uh, NAC, N-acetylcysteine, phosphatidylcholine. Yeah, I take it. I take it. I take NAC, NAC, perturbaline. Is that what? Uh, yeah, I, I know you're talking. It's, it's steriboline. It's like P-T-E-R. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I saw. Because again, Cernovich. I saw this study that Cernovich was talking about where they put these two things together in ni- niacin. Is that niacin? Niacin and the perturbaline together. Like they gave rats these two things together. It was like one of these uh, <laughs> uh, studies that uh, Ray Kurzweil uh-huh. was 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 uh, touting. The the rats that were getting those two supplements like live twice as long as the other ones. Yeah. It's like acetylalcarnitine yeah. and alpha lipoic acid was like that combination was the original like life extension uh, yeah. drug. They called it was back in like 2003. They called it Juvenon and it kept everything alive long. But really what it is, is this is what I've always been doing ever since I started like looking at supplements in high school. I would just find like the really expensive ones and then I would just go look at the proprietary formula. So you look at like yeah. Joe Rogan on it, alpha brain. Look at the ingredients. It's alpha sure. GPC, L glutathione, huperzine A, lion's mane mushroom, and some caffeine. I think it's little carnitine. That's all. Right. So you go find all these things, and then you just got to go find like an online distributor. Buy them. You can buy like a year supply each. You just get these huge. You look like a crazy person because you got a bunch of like giant bottles in like your pantry. But I've been doing that since like 2008, and I genuinely believe that's why I have like a sharp mind. That supplementation daily anaerobic so weightlifting aerobic cardio meditation and eight hours of sleep and constantly listening to audiobooks 
to me, that's more valuable than, like, the most expensive, like, pharmaceutical drug or, like, neural enhancement procedure. Like, there are some things you can do to just keep your mind sharp, keep the antenna sharp. And it just, it greatly, I mean, it's like a car. You're just getting a better, and you're getting, instead of having, like, my Civic, you're getting, like, a Rolls Royce. You're getting a windshield that never fogs up. You're perfectly, and it's like, this is the thing that you ride in every, like, the comedian uh, Brian Reagan said it. He was like, I remember when I found out I had, like, bad vision. And I just, like, didn't get glasses for a couple of years. And one day just dawned on me, like, hey, vision's kind of important. Like, I use it all day, every day. So that was when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply weird thing for me and it's kind of funny because i remember when i found out i had bad vision in high school for like three years i finally just was like all right i'll get classes and then i was like why didn't i do this before but it dawned on me in high school and in college where i was like oh, i don't want to spend like however much a month on supplements and then i was like wait i'm riding in this thing it's not like a car you drive once a month it's like if you're a trucker you're in that all day every day like i have a comfy chair for the podcast because i do it all day every day why would you not spend money on the antenna that you're experiencing this reality for? And why would you not exercise? Why would you not try to make it the best? That doesn't mean you can't get drunk and smoke some pot or watch Netflix. Like, you can do that shit too. But, like, dude, keep the antenna, like, sharp and clean and well-oiled. Why wouldn't you? I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just off on a tangent. That's okay. I mean, I, I, again, I... Uh, yeah, the... the <sighs> The electromagnetic function of all of it seems to kind of, uh, uh, and I, I say this ironic, unironically, resonate. You know, in all of this stuff that we're doing, you're 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 focusing your antenna like that. Your DNA, if you look at it, I, I mean, I, I I became a ham radio operator because Nellie Orr was a ham radio operator. I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on with ham radio, but I learned a lot about. The, the the main the big takeaway of, of getting your first ham radio license is that radio waves have different lengths and the different lengths allow them to go different distances and in order to make the things work the antennas need to match yeah. the size of the radio waves it's not more complicated than that and yeah. so they give you a bunch of math formulas the three three or four math formulas to figure out, you know, what kind of an antenna you need for the wavelength that you're using. And there's all kinds of different antennas, but it's it's weird because there are antennas that look just like DNA. Yeah. You know, and when you start to look at DNA, you go, oh, is that, is that an antenna? Like, <laughs> and and are those, are those four different uh, uh, proteins that they're using, is that how they tune the antenna? Adenine, guanine, cytosine, thymine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that are those things? Uh, uh, does each one of those have a harmonic frequency attached to it? And because there's this uh, German guy uh, that I was 
that I was uh, listening to who wrote a book with this woman, uh, Cara St. Louis, who's saying that, you know, the, that the real uh, genetic modification using radio waves is going to happen at the terahertz wavelength, which makes sense to me because terahertz is really small. It's like DNA small, wow. <laughs> you know. So if you're trying to change the the, the four proteins, uh, the resonance of the four proteins, you would be using ter- from a ham radio way of thinking about it. You'd, you'd probably need terahertz waves in order to be able to affect that stuff. Yeah. So, so um, and then beyond that, like if if this thing is an antenna and we are communicating with that thing that we can't see because, you, you know, you're talking about not having glasses. Well, if you take off the glasses, everything's blurry. I'm a photographer. Like, I'm so attuned to what's going on with my eyes. And by the way, your eyes get shitty when you get older and, it's, and it kind of sucks. But um, sometimes I leave my glasses off. If I don't have anything particular to do, I'm nearsighted. So I can read this bottle. Like that. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Same, yeah. Okay. I can, yeah. Okay, but uh, if I'm not on the computer watching TV, if I'm just reading a book or something, I can go all day with no glasses oh, on, yeah. and the the rest of the world is out of focus, and I'm okay with it. Oh yeah, it's I kind of like it because sometimes it, whenever I, if I'm in like the airport or something, I'll take them off because in a way it feels like meditation. I'm like fogging up the distance, and so it all just blurs together. I'm like I just don't have to look at it all, of it. I don't have to deal with every person in every plane landing i'll just take it off and it's just like me and like the person and like the bench next to me and i actually really like it you shrink your world everything else is just this sort and of- think about it before they had glasses well first of all before they had glasses <laughs> did people's eyes go bad because they weren't reading anything yeah right they were they were hunting i don't know right. how it, how did and that's one question i've always had how did bad vision not get naturally selected out i mean you feel like no glasses and you needed it to like just hunt well, there's a whole con- I'm sure there's a whole conspiracy I'm that we sure. haven't found yet. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a whole conspiracy. About, about how the Rockefellers have blinded us. <laughs> Open your eyes, sheeple. Yeah. It's like, no, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm the Rockefellers are too soon. It's got to be the Rothschilds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we yeah. Gotta, Roth, no, yeah or the Kazarians. Yeah, you got to go. You got to go to my gold bloodline family. Yeah, it's all, it all comes from that, the royal family. To, yeah, or it's yeah. the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki yeah, yeah, wanted. They didn't want the humans to see. Yeah, they so didn't they, want the humans to. And they are laughing in our face. That's why they have the eye on the top of the pyramid on the dollars because they see oh, yeah. it and, you, and it's like no nah, man it's just because the the rods and the cones are kind of fucked up but you know well it, it was well, funny because i i had uh so um i had a good friend okay so i what used to be a fashion photographer and one of the creative directors that i worked for uh, her husband was an eye doctor and I, he became my eye doctor because i liked her and i liked him and so we were friends for years but he was a eye surgeon. He used to do the LASIK. You know, he used to go in and like give you the vision. And it was funny because he, he, I, I got all the way through and they, I, I went in for my last appointment with, before they were going to do it. And he handed me this thing and he wanted to sell me a pair of reading glasses. And I said, what's this? And he goes, well, after you, uh, after you do the LASIK, you're not going to be able to see close anymore. So you're going to need reading glasses. And I said, so you're, you're, what you're telling me is that you can make me see far away, or you can, but I, I can see really close fine right now. I can, right now, I can see fine yeah. that far away, okay? What I can't see is across the room. Yeah. Um, and so 
uh, he he said, well, you know, when we do it, we're cha- we're changing the focus of your lenses, your eyes. So you're a photographer, so we're moving you out. And so when you want to see, then you're going to have to put on glasses to see a menu. And I go, so I'm trading one pair of glasses for another? At the risk of surgery. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh, and then he, he said, well, we could do this one thing where we do, it's called uh, monovision. And I said, what's that? And he goes, well... I, I only do one eye, oh, and then you can use that eye to see far away, and then you can use the other eye to see close. And I said, it, does, does, isn't like, that confusing? That like a doesn't, it, doesn't that feel, feel really weird? And he goes, he get used to it after a couple of days. And I said, what about depth perception? And he said, what do you mean? And I said, what, what about hitting a tennis ball or something? Like, how, how, how the hell are you supposed to do that if you've got two different uh, prescriptions on your, on, on your glass, on your eyes? So uh, eventually I said, you know, you know, you've talked me out of it. And he got really upset, you know. Yeah, and man, I said, it's, it's, yeah. No, I'll take what I have now. If I right. can't have both, I'd much rather be able to operate within my immediate world and then have to put these on. To see something also, I can't tell you how many times I've been saved from getting hit in the eye with a tree branch or something because I had glasses on. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I it, like glasses, man. You can just kind of. I also, I ha- I have no eyebrows. I mean, I've like, and so I I like the definition of my face. Sir. Plus, you just kind of kind of pull this bullshit. You just got, you're getting ready to be an old man. You're like, all right, what are we looking at over here? You know, it doesn't mean anything. You're just like, yeah, I like them, man. I like them. I don't mind glasses. There are worse problems to have. There are worse, and and uh, and, and like like you said earlier, it's like I'm happy that I live in a world where I can have glasses. Exactly, and you know what? Yeah. You'll ne- the people that don't have them, they don't need them. You'll never know the joy of just being able to turn on high definition. <laughs> you take it for advantage. There's a there's a bliss in being able to go. Hey, there we go. 4K, baby. <laughs> like. There is a bliss in that where you click them on. You're like, how be-? you're going to stand and you go to a lake and put your glasses on. You look at the trees across the lake. How many people just that's part of their you just that's what they that's their baseline versus like, wow, you get to experience it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I, I, you know, I have a very I have a pretty expensive camera that I use here to make sure that the background behind me is a little out of focus. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know how to do it this one. I shouldn't know. I'm too scared to touch it. I got this camera to focus like last year. I just haven't touched it since. I refuse to. I'm terrified. I don't know what you're saying to me. The camera I have. Yes. I have a, real, I have a really good camera. And I got it okay. to focus on me. And now I just don't touch it or fuck with anything because I'm scared of like messing. Because I, I don't know anything about cameras. And I managed to like figure it out to get it to focus on me. And now I right. just don't touch it. Well, focus is just the beginning. It's like getting things to be out of focus and while you have other things in focus, that's kind of the trick. Yeah, well, that would be the goal to kind of have all this a little blurred. But again, I'm kind of just terrified of much like LASIK. I'm like, I'm just not going to. You're terrified? I'm just not terrified. I just don't want to like, fuck, it's scary. There's buttons I don't understand. Call me, buddy. (laughs) Tommy, do you need help, bud? You ain't help. You're not scared of the Great Reset. You're finding bliss in the trees, but you're letting but you're Sony sc- get to. But you. you're scared of your Nikon or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, Sony A something. I don't know. So you know? well, I, I I'm all Sony all the time. Which one? Uh, I don't, this is this is the one I use. 
right now. This I have two of them. Sony Alpha something. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, it's got this little flip-up screen so I can see myself. So when I'm talking to you, I'm actually just talking to myself oh. right there. Well, I got yeah. you on. I, I have a split screen, so I see both of us. Um, Indeed. Well, we've digressed. I was about to, I was about to say, I have, we're doing thrilling podcasting now. And I was going to say, let's wrap this bitch up. We have uh, moved from uh, Crimean fever and George's. He, he dumped out as soon as, we brought up, as soon as we brought up CCHF. Does that mean George is behind the lab leak? I'm not going to say that, but I'm also not going to say that he's not behind it. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's uh, that's that's a that's a shirt. George should sell a shirt that says "I'm not saying" because that used I'm not to be saying George's this, favorite thing. But I'm also not not saying this. I'm not saying George yeah. is working with the elite, the Illuminati, to release the thirteen bloodlines to release bioweapons on the world. But I'm also not saying that he isn't. Just putting it out there. You know, talk about all these guys with conflicts of interest. George has got a career based on tracking down these guys. I mean, there's a conflict of interest. No bioweapons. George's Twitter isn't growing. I mean, let's, you know, let's start calling out the, the George Webb Industrial Complex. What about the nailing Jello to the wall complex with George? The what? <laughs> like, George, I think one of the critiques of George is that he's kind of all over the place. And I, I love it. That's what I love about it. I love that I never entirely know what he's talking about. I love that's one of my favorite things about him is we'll be talking. He'll start bringing up names like you. Or I might mention Eisenhower or Kennedy, but he'll mention some obscure like pharma manufacturer in Lithuania. He'd be like, <laughs> and you know, that's what they always say about Trapeski. And you'll be like, the what? Is that a place or a, a product? I'll be like, oh, yeah, it's all about the Trapeski gang. You'll be like, did you just make that up? I think the first episode you and I did together with him, first time I met you, George started talking about these characters, and I normally just let it gloss over. My mom's always like, who's George talking about? I'm like, I don't know, but I like it. And I remember you paused. You go, George, George, no one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> right. Well, that was one of the things. One of the first things, you know, I, I love I, it, he, when, when he was the finger, like moving around on the, uh, on the, on the uh, PowerPoint. Like I used to watch him and he used to talk about all this stuff. And then I would have to go look it up, you know, yeah. be like, who is that? What are they doing? Like, who is that? You know? And um, I really liked it when, cause John O'Loughlin like wandered, George was doing a broadcast one day and John O'Loughlin like wandered up with a violin. Like came, he brought a violin with him and started playing violin music with George. Uh, uh, and he kind of introduced himself. I'm John O'Laughlin, and then Pete, George kind of got to know him. And this is before the. This is how he became Macduff, right? And uh, then George started doing a show with John, uh, which was a great show. And all of the episodes have been deleted off the internet. But the great thing about John is that John's a lawyer, <laughs> so George would start to say something, and John's little like cross examination you know, gears would start clicking in his head and he'd go, George, George, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah. He'd slow him down. You yeah. know what I mean? He'd get him to explain things. And so um, I kind of use John O'Loughlin as my, as my mentor in that, uh, in that when I'm dealing with George. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. My guess is that the people who are listening may not know what you're talking about either. So why don't you explain it to people? I think that's what Rogan said about Alex Jones on the second episode they did together. Mm-hmm. He was like, Al, he's like, Alex is just this unfiltered stream. And he's like, you got to let him 
he starts to take off. And that's good. That's what people like. He goes, every once in a while, you got you to grab the feet and pull them back down. And be like, well, we're not talking about the globalists. We're specifically talking about this right now. And then you got to pull them back down. And you let them, you kind of got to guide it. It's like a, yeah, you have to have almost like an interpreter. But what I like about George is I don't, I never entirely know what he's talking. But I, to me, that's just, I like it. It's just like a very, I don't know. I feel like I'm watching like a, I feel like I'm watching like Eminem, like freestyle. It's not like a polished rap, but there oh, is right, ge- right. there is genius in the rawness, and yeah, I'm just no, like there is genius. In and the I'm like, absolutely. I just like to. I think if I only ever talk to Webb, I'd probably eventually have to start to like get him in, get an interpreter. But because I do so many episodes, and 99 percent of them are all, they're all very focused, and things are explained. I like bringing George on because he'll just start talking, and he'll mention something that I don't know anything about. But I just won't. I won't try to clarify it because I'll know that it was just a one-off. There's no point in slowing down the car to be talking about this and be like, and, you know, and that's what they always say about like the protein synthesizers in India. And I'll just be like, I'll just, I'm not gonna touch on that. <laughs> that that citation, it doesn't need a footnote. I'll be like, that it's just gone. It came, it's here, and it's gone now. We're never gonna go into what happened in Bangladesh. It's just not worth it. Just let them keep going because if you let them keep going, then you'll get to the crux of the argument. And there's all these weird sprouts coming out on the other side. You don't got to trim all the twigs. Just, just watch it grow. Watch George go. Um, yeah, yeah, George is an experience. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. smoke a bowl of George. You put, it, <laughs> you put 200 micrograms of web on your tongue and you fucking go for a trip. Yeah. Um, with that. With that, we're out of here. So, uh, where can people find you, Tommy? Rumble on Rumble. That I'll put it in the description. Or and and it's Tommy's Tommy's podcast. T O M M Y apostrophe S podcast. Yeah, or TPC, right? Yeah, or TPC. The logo is just black with the white letters TPC. Twitter is Tommy's T O M M Y S underscore podcast. Instagram is Tommy's T O M M Y S dot podcast. It's pretty simple. And you'll send me that stuff, and I can stick it in the descriptions on all these yes, sir. streams. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, and I'm Peter Duke, and I'm at the Duke Report. And you can support. You can buy me a coffee, or you can buy a T-shirt. And uh, coming soon, you'll be able to buy lion's mane. Lion's mane mushroom. Get yeah. your brain working. Get your, Get your brain. brain working. Exactly. <laughs> I've had this like maybe isn't an advertisement for it at all. People watch this episode, and they're like, "I don't want whatever the hell they're taking." I want the opposite of what Tommy and Peter are on. <laughs> like, dude, if you take lines of mushroom, you can be like us. They're like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I know to steer clear of it. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know, everybody. Right. Meditate, find love. It's all bliss. It's all peaceful. It's all good. It's all right. All with good. that, we'll say goodbye. All right, my man. Take care. Thank you so much. Until next time. Thank, thank you. Talk to you soon. Peace.